0: Hey, friend, and welcome to season two of Sum It Up, the podcast about cultivating happiness in the beauty industry. I'm your host, Blake Reed Evans. And as I'm recording this, we're just a couple weeks away from Father's Day, and we thought it would be the perfect opportunity to profile a unique salon company that's part of our Summit family and carries on a family legacy of its own. I'm talking about my father's mustache in Cookville, Tennessee. The business is owned and operated by two sisters, and it's named in honor of their father, Wayne Fletcher, a local pioneer in unisex salons and salon education. My guest is Debbie Fletcher. She's a level four master barber, a master barber instructor, and co-owner of My Father's Mustache. Debbie, thank you so much for joining us on Summit Up.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Tell me a little bit about um, My Father's Mustache and like, Where did that name, where did that name come from?
1: Well, um, my father, Mr. Wayne is a barber. Um, He started off shining shoes in a barber shop in the town next to us, went off to the military and uh, went to the Navy, was a very proud serviceman and came back and went to barber school in Nashville, Tennessee, at Hassler Barber College in Nashville. Went on a GI Bill, came to Cookville, had uh, a mother that was widowed, Mm -hmm. And was coming back home to take care of her And opened up the first salon That men and women went together At the same time It was during the hippie age Late 60s, early 70s And lo and behold um, Men were not getting crew cuts And barber cuts and flat tops And it was long haired hippies And he was about to starve to death So here he was a very nice Good looking man Started cutting women's hair And it was very taboo And from there, these men kind of get jealous and decide to come see what's going on with these women getting their hair cut by this man. And lo and behold, uh, they found out he was a pretty cool dude just trying to feed his family. And so many people came. He could not do everybody that come through the door. And so he had the vision. He said he could teach some people how to cut hair. And, uh, 40 plus years later and about 5,000 graduates later were the legacy of my father's, uh, mustache from, um, his school, Mr. Wayne's barber and beauty school.
0: (laughs) That's so awesome. I love, I love that it was progressive then of course, like to have men and women getting their hair (laughs) done in the same, in the same place. You know it's so funny, Debbie, that you bring that up because there are still times where, at our salon company, where we we predominantly do um, women's hair, we still have like the husbands being like, "So, do you do you do men's hair too?" And we're like, "Well, yeah, you know, we'll do anyone's hair, you know, <laughs> it's, um, it, we we don't care." Um, so I I absolutely love that. Um, so five thousand graduates later, I mean, I think that that's that's such an amazing. Um, number, what does that mean to you knowing that like your father's decision to go to barber school so many years ago, um, now you get to impact your, your local area. Like what does that mean to you for his legacy?
1: Um, it's very honorable. I always knew my, my father was kind and nice and I always thought he was cool and had a great mustache and was the best-dressed man in Cookville. And I was always a very proud daughter, as my sister Brittany as well has been very proud of our heritage. Um, And he was just a kind soul. And I really have learned more about about his kindness and his helpfulness to... uh, this industry and young people in this industry, single moms, um, men, women, people that had no self-esteem, starting a career and being a very lucrative career and being able to provide for your family. And, and I have all these wonderful stories that people still to this day come up and tell me, your dad made this happen, or, you know, I had my first hairstyle by him, my first perm, uh, those students, he was a passionate educator.
0: You have your business now, uh, My Father's Mustache, and you own this. Um, it's not just you. How many other business partners do you have?
1: My sister, Brittany, Fletcher Elmore, she is the brains behind the operations. She's not able to be with us cool. right at this moment today. Very busy at the salon, but absolutely, she is the big brains.
0: <laughs> oh, i love that. So it's the two of you owning together. So I got to know, like, what is it like owning a business with your sister?
1: Well, it's, um, I never thought it would happen. Um, I like to say I'm 18 years wiser, but really I'm just older. I'm 18 (laughs) years older, so we never grew up together, um, at home. So we get to have our sister rivalries out per se, um, in the salon. So she kind of has a room. I have a room. I'm dominant in the barbering field and she is a very skilled colorist artist behind the chair. She, she's an educator by heart too. We both have very similar strong willed personalities, um, that are definitely leaders and we have, we definitely complement each other.
0: That's, that's beautiful. And so you're saying, um, she oversees like hairstyling, you oversee barbering, um, so in your salon company, do you have people that just do um, barbering services and people who just do like um, traditionally like, cosmetology type services?
1: We do, but we are dominant in uh, cosmetologists and barbers. This area, my dad had a barber school, so our area is way more dominant in barbers. But oh, cool. our barbers do coloring and perming and all of it, aesthetics and different things. So we are a full service salon. Um permanent cosmetics, lashes, fingers, toes, all of it.
0: <laughs> I love that you can take the person from from their hair all the way down to their toes. I love absolutely, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love for us to actually jump into talking about the differences between coaching a, a hairstylist and coaching a barber stylist. Um with you overseeing barbers, I think this will be a really great conversation. Like what what are some of the biggest differences that you notice between the two?
1: The differences definitely is timing. Um, we book on the fifteen minutes. Um, we can start and finish and give an exceptional service in seven minutes. Is what our actual start to finish time is. But we book on the fifteen. It's oh, okay. mainly just just starting on time. We do a lot of beards, a lot of mustaches. So my associate, a a barber associate will be starting the edging on a beard and getting close to being done. And I might do the fade and then they'll be shampooing while I go on to the next one and then pop back in. We run, you know, two to three chairs at the same time. So Uh it's, it's very fast paced. It is very, very, very fast paced.
0: (laughs) You're making my brain explode because as someone who does um, color predominantly, on longer hair, booking on the 15 sounds, uh, wild. So when it comes to, um, working with associates as a barber, you, you've already mentioned kind of some, some of the logistics, like how many people do you see in a day then, in a, like a six hour shift?
1: Um, very well, 25 to 30 easily. <laughs> that's crazy. And I'm that's not tired so cool. and that's the, that's the beauty of it. That is yeah. the beauty. I'm not exhausted at all. It's yeah. fun.
0: That's so cool. Like to think that you see twenty five different different people. That's that's amazing. I mean, as a someone who gets color and a fade and would love a shave and like a facial and like you know all those extra services, I love the idea of you having associates so we can make it make it happen faster.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We call it the pit crew instead of the glam squad. Totally, that is our language. Um, so it, it is the pit crew.
0: I love that language. Um, can I borrow that one with my associate? Because yes.
1: <laughs> my associates well.
0: will call it. Um, they're like, "Oh, it's the Beyonce experience," and I was like, "I don't know. I mean, I know a couple of dudes that would love that, um, but not everybody is gonna like that that language." So I, I love that the pick crew. When you're developing your associates, actually, let's let's go there, do they pick which lane they kind of want to be in first, like barber or more cosmetology, hairstyling, or do you kind of let them um, choose as they they develop with your salon company?
1: Well, with COVID times um, in our area, the schools in our system have not been able to do live people a whole lot. So Mm -hmm. they usually come to me and have never touched a man's head a real-life person. Wow. So when we're right on a college campus, um, two as well, we got 15,000 people right beside us. So we are, with our name, very predominant with male clientele that come to us first. Not saying that we don't do half and half men and women, but the predominant new clientele easily comes in as male and yeah. they have to know even if you're a cosmetologist you can't say you you can't do what you can't do men's hair you have got to be able to do both so usually they start off with me at least get some good fundamentals and basics and then sometimes they like to stay on the barbering side and within we switch them off to my sister and she goes more with the coloring route and I, and it works beautifully and 90% of everybody in our salon company that do men and women. There's very few that just stick strictly to male or strictly to women.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause we, we've been having a lot of conversation, even in my um, salon company, sheer art, um, you know, we have people that one is specialized and I, I think it's the, the way that I was brought up in this industry, but I'm like, I was like, you need to know how to do everything but get yourself booked with the stuff that you want to be doing. Like I love doing color. So I'm going to make sure my book is filled with color. But if I have a last minute cancellation and a barber cut walks in, I'm I'm going to do it. And I can do it.
1: Absolutely. I'm having that clientele that I'm not saying you got to be the best at everything. I do a whole lot of perms. I do a lot of mullet perms right now. So cool. I'm from the 80s generation as well so perms are wonderful we have a lot of salons and even other summit salons that don't want to do perms and send them to us we, we have a good territory of play good share good salons in our area yeah. um, we hit a wide range of a lot of services and we have a we're open seven days a week so we can do a whole lot of people
0: i love that you're open seven days a week i think that most salon companies if they are to that point should totally do it. Cause it it's something that works really well for our salon company. Cause it's, it actually even lends itself to people um, who are like single parents um, so that they can work on the weekends and, and things like that. And then with you being close to a college campus, I can imagine that that can be a really busy day as well. Absolutely. I want to circle back into like coaching a barber versus coaching a um, stylist, what are some things that you feel like you have to coach to differently outside of outside of timing like you mentioned
1: um they do not come to me knowing what um time frames they can do something in they don't mm-hmm. I, I stress that they don't know if it takes them 30 minutes 45 minutes an hour and i said i don't care how long it takes you you just got to know the time we can't mm-hmm. improve unless we can measure it and then from that we just we just go from there a simple gentleman's haircut and then we get into more fading and more detailed work and equipment their Mm -hmm. their equipment they come with us with this basic basic set of equipment and we have a real um always ask permission and say hey can i give you some suggestions on some things to to buy and purchase and of course i have double of everything and by the time they leave with me they have Pretty much bought every tool that I, I use because the equipment is definitely necessary in the barbering side.
0: Yeah, I've definitely learned a lot over the years that it's worth the you know two hundred bucks to get the good the good oh, yes. clippers. <laughs> the the hundred dollar ones just don't don't do it. <laughs> so I, I love that and. When it comes to average ticket, like what does a barber's average ticket look like, if you know, off the top of your head, that doesn't have to be exact.
1: They're running anywhere from 70 to $90 color camo, a straight razor, shave, um, scalp, massage, haircut, um, level four barbers. You know, it's a easy, an add on. They're spending anywhere upper 80 to a hundred dollars tickets. Easy.
0: That's amazing. Because I think a lot of salon companies are hovering around like I'm sure like a hundred or so as their average ticket. One of the biggest things I, I've noticed too with barbering is like the frequency of visiting. Because I know personally, like at week three, I melt, I'm I'll melt down if I don't get a haircut. <laughs> so, um, are you finding that the like uh, people who get barber haircuts come back a lot more frequently?
1: They're very low. They're yeah. very much creatures of habit. Men tend to be so more scheduled than women.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they like the routine of it. They know I see the same people every third Tuesday, every third Friday. I see the same clientele every two weeks. Uh, most of mine are either two to three weeks. If they go four weeks, it's, it's been a long time since I've yeah. seen them. Um, yeah. Retail is challenging in that. Um, so definitely we've got some different goals for that.
0: And when it comes to um, the retail side of things, what have you found has been the most effective? Because in full transparency, in our salon company, we always say men are the hardest code to crack when it comes to buying product. And it just seems like they come delivered to us either, oh, yes, I buy product from a salon or I do not buy product from a salon. And it's a really hard um, case to crack. (laughs) So I would love to know what advice do you have um, around retailing to men?
1: My advice is just consistency. No doesn't mean never. I've been taught Mm -hmm. that through Summit. No does not mean never. Mm -hmm. just means not today. And the consistency of always, always um, suggesting and recommending. Whether they buy it or not that's okay this is what i use today and eventually it may take a little while but they will they will eventually buy because i i feel like i am being honest i'm not being a salesman i'm just touching it and telling about it and eventually they buy it and it's just a little you got to hear more no's in the barbering than you do in on the hair side on the cosmetology side
0: i don't know about you debbie but i have have these guys that come back and they're like I hate my hair and I was like, use this pomade, you'll like your hair better. (laughs) And they'll be like, I don't know. And then like next three weeks later, I hate my hair. And I'm like, use this pomade.
1: (laughs) I had a a college student started with me. I've got some college students that buy it all. They got mama and daddy, letting them have anything and everything. But then I've got a few that are like, hey, I told this one guy four years consistently, every month he needed work hard molding pace." Work hard, molding, pace. Work hard, molding, pace. And lo and behold, he bought it on graduation and getting ready to get married. And now he will still come right. back in and get it. So the consistency of that, I use that as a, a testimonial when they hear no, no, no. And, oh, they don't ever want to buy. They don't ever buy. I said, well, they yes, I promise eventually they will.
0: They'll cave eventually, even if it takes four years.
1: <laughs> years, Yes.
0: Or a wedding, I guess, to, to make him yes. want to put some product in his hair. Yes. I want to talk about some specialty stuff and, and trend stuff that's happening. Because you, you alluded to it earlier, which is like the mullet perm is here. Um, it like I've seen so much curly hair on men lately. And, and, and of course, it's in a mullet. Like how long do you book for a service like that? Cause obviously it's a lot less hair to wrap cause most of it's like shaved on the side. So like how long, how, for you as a person who works with associates, um, how long do you book? And then for a service provider by themselves, how long, how long do they book?
1: A service provider on their own, probably an hour and a half, um, cool. for a mullet perm Me, probably 45 minutes. I just need to get it wrapped. Okay. Basically, I get it wrapped and then, then we're in good shape.
0: I want to dig into it because I think that a lot of people um, d- flat out just say, I don't do perms. Like you said, there are some others, even in our network of, of salons uh, that say, you know what, we just don't do that. And I think that that's totally okay. I just think that it's a missed opportunity for some people. How do, How do you present this to young people who see on social media so often, like, uh, and Debbie, I'm not sure if you've seen this or how to deal with this, but like, I've seen memes and pictures being shared on Facebook and Instagram, like a salon is quote unquote toxic. If they make you do X, Y, and Z, um, what are your thoughts around it? And how do you, how do you talk to a young person saying like, no, you should totally do perms or you should do barber cuts, or you should do any of these kind of services that people tend to shy away from?
1: We're, very much dominant in education in our salon, so we never leave them hanging. Mm. So they're always brought in to help assist with a perm, and then they say, oh, it's not so bad. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I can literally come over and help you roll one in 15 minutes if I have to. I would rather not. We team roll together too, and it takes some anxiety and stress off of them as well. Um, And then I may take four or five down right in front of them and just re-roll it. Oh, let me get this just a little bit tighter
0: Uh. or,
1: you know, I've, I've got some language in my rolling too, kind of like the green comb. Oh, get my, give me that black rat tail comb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so there's, there's different techniques. Um, me and my sister, both are exceptional rollers and perms and we can walk away pretty much. We've got the right clientele from having my father, it a salon, our clientele like having us be educators. So they see us living through our father Mm -hmm. and passing on that knowledge. And they truly have experienced this for 30 years at his barber school that was ran exactly like a salon.
0: Wow. When you decided to, um, open up your, your salon company, did you just know immediately that like we have to do, um, barbering? as our main focus, like you just knew from the jump there, or is that something that it was an evolution of a conversation?
1: It's probably an evolution of conversation with our father. Um, he had this, 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 nostalgic picture of him with this big mustache and a hairdryer and a gangster looking guy. Um, and everybody's just known that he was the man to go get your haircut. And it was very family friendly. It was kids all the way up to men, women, and children. They did the whole, everybody across the board. So we knew we wanted to be family friendly. Mm -hmm. We have a mustache kid club that kids are doted on um, with tattoos. We have mustache tattoos and suckers. And um, every little girl that comes through gets their fingernails polished, um, you know, while they're in there with with their their parent or their sibling. And it just filters into every single department. We have moms and grandpas and all of them.
0: That's such a, a cool thing. Cause I, I that's also a, another thing that I've seen a lot of people s- having policies around like no children in the salon. And I could see the experience part of that, but I like that you're saying in the opposite direction, which is like, no, like if you cater to kids, even just a little bit, um, they have adults attached to them that take care of them. So they're gonna, you're, you know, eventually they're gonna be like, well, I might as well get my hair done here too, I guess. Cause I'm already here.
1: And then too with COVID there's no no waiting inside. Um mm-hmm. so we're in a freestanding building. We have cornhole outside. Um you know, they come in, a parent will come in with, you know, a child. And then if somebody's not free, our team works together to make sure it doesn't disrupt any anything. So if you can keep a kid occupied, we've got all kinds of color sheets, mustache sheets. Um we cater to little people.
0: That's so cool. So I love the branding that your salon company has. I was like going through your website um, in preparation for this interview. Um, I even love like Team Stash. Like I just love the, all the branding that you have um, have around it. Do you feel like when it's like my father's mustache, like that branding itself? Do you feel like your father's with you, like throughout your your business, whenever you, you have that branding and when you think of him?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He's looking out um, for us up above for sure. Um, yeah. Apparently, Jesus needed a haircut really, yeah. really bad. So he had to go on up there. But um, um, he was a very, a very neat man. He's definitely blessing us left and right.
0: So with your salon name being my father's mustache, obviously, it must be um iconic so tell me tell me like what did it look like and what was this like style like
1: um he definitely had a big big dark black mustache and it was very kind of curled up a little bit very full very tailored band well shirt tie jacket um he was very known for a, a hat. If you check out our website, you'll see our logo has him in this gangster style hat. And he always drove a big white Cadillac too. Um, so he was just a cool dude. drove this big car and and was always dressed to the to the heel.
0: Would you say like the mustache is kind of like in the cartoon way? Like the way you described it, it made me think of like what a traditional mustache looks like. Like if it, a mustache emoji almost.
1: Absolutely. Um, like Tom Selleck didn't have as good a mustache as my dad. How about no that? No way. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> I love that so much. I think women
1: thought he was beautiful. Okay. <laughs> so he was a very, very handsome man.
0: What piece of advice do you have for a salon owner that does want to implement more of having a stronger Berber presence within their salon company?
1: Just getting in the schools more. We go into the school every single month, a different school. We planned out our calendar in January. We already know every school we're going to. It's not like, oh, we need to. We're not playing catch up. We're definitely forward thinkers. um, And we're in those school systems all the time. And we are inviting and a a good thing we say to we're not the fit for everybody but with our heritage and our legacy come shadow with us come hang out with us for a few hours and if we're not the fit for you we'll help you find a place we truly do try to place people in the industry even if it's not with us if we can show kindness and do that we've had some leave and come back i've had two good success stories of two stylists that have left me and decided the grass was not greener on the other side and came back so and then some of those go with us into the school systems when we do presentations and share their their story and um, we're just real real we're very very real and we let them come shadow three times usually a couple hours a time and then hey we have an honest conversation what did you like and what didn't you like and if ours is too fast paced that's okay if Mm -hmm. That's all right. That just, you, I want more people. So many people get out of it too soon. We're understaffed. We have a staff of 30 and we're still got some Uh, shifts that we turn people away.
0: So I first want to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, And I want to know like where uh, for our friends listening, where can they connect with your salon company online?
1: Absolutely. My father's mustache, awesome. and then social media, our social media handles to uh, my father's mustache, Instagram, Facebook.
0: Well, I encourage everyone to go follow. It's uh, my underscore father's underscore mustache. And Debbie, we have one more question for you. Um, what does happiness mean to you?
1: Happiness means making a difference in everybody's life daily. Just being happy. Just being happy. Yeah. Happy with what you I, do.
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Summit Up, Debbie. Um, and I can't wait to see what your salon
1: company does next. Thank you.
0: Summed Up is produced by Andrea Moraskin, the executive editor is Tim Fisk, and I'm Blake Reed Evans. Our show has been around for less than a year and we're still growing. If you like what you heard, the best way to help us out is to share the podcast with a friend or coworker. We would be honored if you just left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're a Spotify user, you can rate us there too. If you're looking for more opportunities to grow and connect with us with Summit Salon Business Center, visit us at summitsalon.com. Join our Facebook group, Summit Salon Community, or follow us on Instagram at Summit Salon. And you can also check out our TikTok, which is also at Summit Salon. You and I can connect on Instagram and TikTok at Blake Reed Evans. My DMs are always open. Or if you're more of an email type of person, you can totally send me an email at b.evans@summitsalon.com. Coming up in our next episode, Kristen Brown, celebrity hairstylist and educator, better known as Curl Factor on Instagram. And I can't wait for you to hear our conversation about her journey as a queer Black woman in this industry and why she works exclusively with naturally curly hair. Be well and talk soon. See you right back here in two weeks.